1: Uh, good evening and welcome. Uh, this is Kirk Miller, and I'm here with my friend, uh, Miss D. How are you doing, D? I'm
2: doing good. Thanks for having me.
1: Okay, oh, It's a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Uh, the reason we're doing this is tonight is because Craig, unfortunately, is sick today, and he can't be with us, and he's asked us to fill in, and uh, they're big shoes to fill in, but we're going to do our best. And uh, what I, uh, at the spur of the moment, what I put together, I think uh, you will will ad will help be helpful to your journey. And uh we're gonna cover three areas. Uh I'm gonna first I found uh I was telling uh I was speaking to D a little early and Dee remember I said I had found a new verse that's my favorite verse and it's in Shemuth It's uh names. It's called Exodus, but Shemuth is names. And it's nineteen five and I was going to read that to you because I just thought it was so, so good. And I want to keep it in the context uh, of when it was written. This is dictation that Moshe was taken on uh, Mount Chorib from Yahweh. So it's Yahweh's words, and he wrote them down. And I would like to start there, if I may. Uh, okay. It says, because it encapsulates, uh, just for a brief moment, it encapsulates the same message from the start. And if you want a relationship with Yahweh, observe, read, think about the offer, the terms and conditions of being part of the covenant family, then if your own free will, Yah's gift to you, is free, is freedom of choice. If you want to be part of his family, choose to accept it, or if you choose to, you're equally allowed to reject it. Now, the thing about this statement that I'm about to read is if Yahweh changes his statements, then... Uh, you can weigh on, in on this if you like to be if Yahweh changes his statements, then Yahweh would be he would be unreliable, untrustworthy or even unlovable. Yeah because what he's about to say is, these are the terms and conditions, and if they change, then why trust him at all? It's always That's religious what religion and relationship mhm, oh, of course. If you look at the Talmud, that's that's totally man's diversion from the Torah. The New Testament, there is no testimony. There's, it may be a new testimony, but it ain't about Yahweh. The Quran is the same. Or if you have uh, Lenin and Marx, they came up with their version of how to run the world. And, what, uh, and that became yeah. a religion of uh, socialism, social, secular humanism. But in any case, uh, let's get into it because it's pretty, I think it's just uh, um, wonderful. And now, if you genuinely and consistently and demonstrably listen to my voice, that's from Shema, to listen, and closely examine and carefully consider that which is associated with my covenant, of course, that's Shamar. simple words, there's nothing in here that's complicated or difficult for anyone to look up in lexicons and and come up with this um, translation, Mm -hmm. then you will be able to approach me and be with me, ...as a highly valued set-apart, which is Kodesh, set-apart, protected, and treasured commodity, distinct and separate from all other people, even though the entire world is mine. This is Yahweh talking. Then you yourself shall actually and continually exist as a realm of ministerial messengers and counselors, and as a people of different ethnicities who are set-apart and special, uniquely devoted... These are the words and statements which, to show the way to the benefits of the relationship, and anytime time you see that, you, anytime you see Asher, that's a, good, yeah. uh, that's a good translation. It says, you should continuously speak to the children who engage and endure with God, Benny Yisrael. The message will never change. All the prophets say the same thing. Uh, they, they're like all good teachers. You go at different angles. You approach it this way and this way and this way until you dent it in until you finally get this is what Yahweh is trying to tell you. This is the pathway home and you're welcome. Please take the path. Anyway, that uh, struck me this week and that was in, uh, I think it's in the Yobel, in the Moed Mikras under the Yob, Yobel, I think it's chapter 2 of uh, volume 7. And uh, I said, well, wow, that's pretty good. And I've been, I have been—I wrote it down and I've been carrying it around with me all week trying to memorize it. I'm terrible about memorizing things, but uh, <laughs> in any case. I see
2: here it so, says Shema, Shema, and then Shema, uh, Shema, yeah. Huh?
1: Yeah, it's
2: repeated there. It's em- emphasized.
1: Yeah. Genuinely,
2: consistently, and demonstrably listen. Yeah.
1: That's beautiful.
2: So, yeah
1: it's uh, and and if you um i know you can you i know you translate and you know that i translate a little bit and mm-hmm. i um if you get a bunch of lexicons and a um and in a inter- in a literary um, there's some more sophisticated ones that help you on really difficult words but for the most part you could go through there and you can see exactly what the english translators uh, apparently don't want you to see or just are too lazy to write because these are oh, very definitely. straightforward words very straightforward. Yeah.
2: There's and, very few words uh, I haven't been able to pin down that Craig has uh, translated.
1: hmm Well, you know, if when when I find a couple, and I was dealing with one uh, today because preparing for this show uh, just to be my, the sidekick, uh, I was having real trouble defining uh, the burning bush because it's not a. <laughs> <laughs> okay. English translators, there's a raspberry bush, there's a thorny bush, and there's a bush, and there's a fiery bush, and there ain't no bush at all. And obviously he didn't yeah. translate it that way, and I, I went through the normal, uh, the normal, um, rounded up the normal group of uh, lexicons, and, and they all just don't help. And then I no. finally went through the theological workbook of the Old Testament and also Jensenius, the Hebrew Chaldean lexicon, which are two heavy-duty things that I keep on my desk. And by George, there it is, the same word, same letters, yeah. and it's a sharp uh, crag, a, a rock. Um, so the thing that goes, I was thinking, well, you could see a fiery bush somewhere, but come on. Mm-hmm. Does that stop Moshe in his tracks? And then, of course, the voice coming out it helped, but um, still, it's a burning rock, and it never stops, and there's fire. Yeah. Rocks don't burn. That's that's a big deal. I mean, Yahweh, yeah, when he does, when he fire shows up. In the desert. Uh. Somebody could it could be somebody over there cooking dinner. You don't know. Yep. <laughs> but a rock. No, not a rock. Not a rock. So in any case, it's yeah, a lot of it's been a been lot of fun to go through those. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what I want to do, I was gonna just start in uh somewhere where we left off last week, but uh I'm going to be reading from Low Rukhama, No Mercy, because Craig sent this over. This is what he just translated uh the last day or two and he sent a copy over. And I thought it was extremely good because this is the state that Yisrael and Yehudim are in today. And I thought this sets up very nice. We already know what Moshe said from the very beginning. This is the way home. This is the problem. So if you will allow me, i called out by name. Had Israel listened to God, they would have recognized that their religion was not only precluding them from receiving the blessings Yahweh intended for them, but was also responsible for the litany of debilitating consequences derived from continually antagonizing him. The past three thousand years should have been so should have been so very different. There would have been no Assyrians, no Babylonians, no Greek, no Roman, or Muslim invasions. There would have been no diaspora, no Holocaust, no Judaism, certainly no Christianity, Islam, or communism. Had Israel listened to Yahweh, there would have been no Talmud, no New Testament, no Zohar, no Quran, and no Das Kapital. Oh, what a wonderful world it would have been. Rather than Israel being the most demoralized, and demonized, and denounced nation on earth, it would have been more universally praised. So we're going to move in now to By at Last, But at Last, the Prophet's Whore. This is Yahshua, this is Hosha, I think it's uh, Hoshea 1-6. But alas, the prophet's whore, we conceive again. You know, um, uh, Hoshea just for a little backdrop, he, uh, he was told to go marry a whore and give them, and he has children and he gives them names to tell them as mm-hmm. a uh, metaphor for Yisrael. But alas, the prophet's whore, we conceive again, begetting generations of unfaithful children. She conceived... Again, and she gave birth to a daughter. So he said to him, call her name Lo-Rohama. No mercy, no favor, no compassion for being unlovable. No forgiveness and no benefits from Lo being serving as a negation of love and compassion and mercy. Because it will be a long time before I once again perceive as lovable, show mercy towards or beneficially favor the house of Israel, such that I will lift them up in honor or forgive them. Well, it's been a long, long time. That's 1-6. Oh, sure, one, oh six. yeah. Yahweh is yeah. Mm-hmm. announcing that, uh, I think we covered that last week over in Yahshua, where he said, you know, it's going on, it's not going to talk to you anymore. So he's repeating yeah. again, this is the deal. Yahweh's announces to the northern kingdom of Israel, apart from Yehudim, thus 10 of the 12 tribes, that they are no longer lovable. Therefore, until their attitude towards him changes, they will receive neither compassion nor mercy. Furthermore, they would remain unapproachable for a very long time, much longer than you would have expected. For the next 140 generations, in fact, there would be no favors and no forgiveness from God towards Israel the Israelites would not only be on their own; they would be put out of business. God would, speak, would cease to speak to them again until later. No support, no respect, no way to rise above the hellish conditions, and they were that they were creating for themselves. However, since Yahweh had promised to bless people from every race and every place by way of the covenant He established with Abraham, He would continue to love Yehuda for the sake of His beloved, Dod and the remnant of His people. Yah continues saying, Yet with the thousand with the house and family of Yehuda, I will continue to love them, favoring them and providing forgiveness and mercy through them. I will liberate, I will deliver and save them as Yahweh their God. However, I will not liberate, deliver, or save them by a bow, a like shooting projectiles, or being harsh by a sword or any kind of weapon, by fighting a war, by horsemen and swift-flying aircraft, or by mobile military vehicles.
2: <laughs> Yahweh
1: was pro- promising to forgive and favor Yisrael through Yehuda. And the two most important individuals to emerge from the house of Yehuda, of course, would be Dod and Yosha. They would play yeah. different starring roles. One had been and one would be again while the other would be not for so long. Since Dod is presented as the son of God, and is also referred to as God, because he came as light when he returns, and he's like God, and he will um, destroy the enemies of Israel, he would certainly qualify as the means to Israel's salvation. Additionally, since Yahweh's nephesh soul resides in Yosha, he too would be a part of the far-reaching solution. This is yet another renunciation of Judaism as well as its derivatives, Christianity and Islam, because the God whose name they do not recognize is the source of our salvation. It is something that we have been emphasizing since the beginning. When it comes to knowing God and developing a relationship with him, acknowledging his name is an essential first step. Do you know anybody that's close to Yahweh that doesn't know his name? I don't think so. No.
2: No. Uh Yeah, it says he
1: will know his name, so. -hmm. the children know his name, they shout it from the rooftops, so yeah. He said it 7,000 times in the Torah, Prophet, and Wadah Yeah, I think Craig said it's the uh, most common
2: name in the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms.
1: It has to be, uh, yeah. is the second, I think. It's about 1,000 or so times. Yeah. So I will continue on, if I I may, the phrase Mm -hmm. Yashavah. Yahweh, salvation by Yahweh, serves us to explain that Yosha's name, his nature, and his purpose. Since it is Yahweh's soul fulfilling the mikreis, his name is the only one which actually matters, and it's it thus Judaism and Christianity are misnomers. Since it is by fulfilling the mikreis, the invitations to be called out and meet with God, that we become immortal, perfected, adopted, enriched, and, and empowered, Yahweh is not liberating us from the deadly nature of religion through the deployment of arrangements or from fighting battles. And while there will be copious amounts of weapons deployed in horrible wars as we migrate through the last days, no one will be saved by such malfeasance. We humans will be killing one another at a prodigious rate, but that is hardly the path to heaven. When she, back to, yeah, to Hosha, when she had weaned La Rokama no mercy, no favor, and no compassion as a result of being unloved, she conceived and bore a son. Then he said, announce that his name is La'am Ani, not my people, because you are not part of my family, and I am not your God. This is tough to listen to. If you're Israel, is. and he's saying this to you, think, try to put yourself in a place if your dad was saying that to you, and certainly if God was saying that to you.
2: Yeah, especially uh, this when you is,
1: this have, is. Uh, have like goyim,
2: who claims mm-hmm. to be adopted into the family using it as a bludgeon against you and you're the original child, it, it's it's a frustrating scenario for everyone.
1: <laughs> hmm Uh, it's tough to take. Uh but if you listen yeah. this is where this is where Yisrael lives right now. This is where mm-hmm. Yehudim are right now. Except for a very small few that are on this journey. Are you listening, Israel? Yes. You have become so annoying with your perverted religions that Yahweh has disowned you. You have been disinherited. You have been digressed from being unlovable to being orphaned. And it isn't even because God has died, but instead you. Instead is your fault. You received an engraved invitation that was called the Tablet of Stones and also the Torah written by Moshe that we just read. You have received an engraved invitation into the covenant, and you desecrated it and you threw it away. You How cheap must they have thought this is? Why do people do that? I mean, this anyway, without even examining it, they just toss it aside. <laughs> don't care. Yeah, uh, I know it's a rhetorical, but still, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: Oh, it, it's just obvious. Even, even Yahweh said he doesn't know why they things happen that people do that are insane I mean if even Yahweh can't understand that we certainly can't but I I know rhetorical because it's just sad there is no explanation
1: um, Craig goes on to write consider that the children of Israel are chosen people you have become destitute worst of all you worship a God who is not Yahweh leaving you with no God at all introduced to the one true God you have joined the ranks of those who irritate and annoy him Israel, apart from Yehuda, was entering history's longest intermission, and while God could no longer endure them, he would assure that they would endure long enough to eventually be saved, some some, of course. Yet the number of children of Israel shall be as the sands of the sea, because it cannot be counted, numbered, or recorded. And it shall come to pass that in this place where it is said of them, pardon me, for it is said of them, you are not my family, it shall be said of them, you are the children of the living God. Now that's the opposite. Then the descendants of Yehuda and the children of Israel will be gathered together and be as one. They will appoint for themselves the best one as their leader. And then they will ascend upwards to the higher place of the land, because great, intense, important, and empowering shall be, Yom Yarel, the day of God's seeds are sown in Jezreel. Now this is getting kind of interesting. uh, And and I encourage everyone to read this when it's published. I think it's uh, it's not quite there yet. We just get a little snippet ahead of time sometimes, and I thought it was interesting. It is because we're getting so close. Everything I read about economics, I've tried to become very good at economics and money systems and what's going on in the world and how it relates to these prophecies, is we are so close, it's really scary. I don't know how bad yes. we're going to deteriorate before um, 2029. But it uh, in the commentary, it says, we are, It was a rapid downward progression. Israel had fallen from being unlovable and undeserving to being disinherited. They were no longer a covenant. Having rejected Yahweh, God rejected them. And friends, that's fair. If you don't like me, I don't have to I'm put up with you. In that matter of uh, quantity over quality, they were long one, long on one and deprived of the other. Clearly, God was not running a popularity test. While the downgraded status would plague them for centuries, even millennia, the relationship was slated for resolution. Coporum in the year 6,000 young was a distinct light on the horizon. Some of the descendants of those who had been ostracized for having become obnoxious restored restored to fellowship, becoming children of the living God. That rift that had been torn and torn them apart would be mended, and Israel and Yehuda will be together again, having been dispersed throughout the nations. They would be collected and gathered in one accord, something that seems unfathomable considering the propensity of Jews to disagree with each other and their God. I do like his commentary. Mm -hmm. One of the many areas of disagreement will be on their leader, their shepherd and their Messiah, the Messiah. They will choose the best one. And everyone knows that that is Yahweh's beloved. Dod, in fact, Dod means the beloved. There is only one way to ascend upwards to the land, out of the land, rather, and that is to be given access to shaming, to heaven. Since these requirements and transformation from the three-dimensional physical being to the seventh dimensional spiritual being, the subsequent enrichment, empowerment, and liberty exceeds our comprehension. I know it does mine, but I, I like to try to think about it. What have what had been deprived will now be restored, and there will be a new day and a different and better outcome in Yisrael. Um, I'm not going to go any further on that. That was just a little introduction, but that does set the tone of where we had come from and why now. D, I'm sure you agree with me here, but the reason this information is available to you today, he said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you anymore. You will mess it up. You'll turn it around, and I just won't be able to fix it. So he walked away right, from right. me. As you recall, last week when we were talking, uh, when uh, uh, Craig was reading, and he, he was saying that um, he just, this is a timeout. Well, there's the timeout. We just read about that. But now you can read it. And why can you read it? Well, I'm going to go back. I think we actually covered this, but I'm going to cover it one more time. And now we're back to where we were with Yashiah and Isaiah. And if you need a location, it is uh, chapter 9, verse 6. You have raised up in an and a Gentile. You have increased the capacity of the Goy through the magnification and the amplification. Well, let me just stop for just a second. Uh I never, I never saw anybody, until I ran across y'all to y'all fifteen years ago, and I'm sitting here, and he's amplifying this stuff and telling everything it could be, and then he gives his commentary mm-hmm. on why, and context. It has to be this versus that, or it could be this or the other. He's very open. He'll say, you know, if I'm not sure, here it is. His probabilities are this. So I've never seen anything like it, uh, and I've got all these theological books sitting on my shelf. From I inherited from my family uh, and I'm going Whew. so this is the going <laughs> the amplification, right. rearing him up as if he was your own offspring empowering and enabling expanding the ability of the individual who is ethnically unrelated and who comes from a different place in a different time well the place can't be Israel and it has to be far far into the future uh, as we are now Equipping the Gentile yes. to continue the mission, or alternately, you have increased the nation. Uh, person, this is in the perfect second-person, masculine and singular. Yahweh is responsible for enabling this long going at this time, empowering him such that he begins to reflect Yahweh's nature and intent through amplifications for a limited period. We've all, all of those who've been reading this for years know this, this is it. it without boasting or exalting yourself, nor improperly speaking of favors uh, you sought to bestow. The delight they will joyfully express as they approach your presence will be comparable to the jubilation experienced the harvest, consistent with rejoicing over the favorable circumstances when they are apportioned that which is valuable. Long ago... Now, if you if you want to jump in, that's quite all right. From time to time, just interrupt me. Don't worry about it. Okay. I
2: don't want to cut off your your reading flow there. You're doing a very okay, good Okay. Well, I
1: I'm not the best reader in the world, and that's that's too bad. <laughs> yep. I blame it on my Alabama I think you're heritage.
2: doing
1: great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Adequate. I appreciate that. This is that. great. So long ago. Well, that's books, this. You know, I I read this stuff. this stuff. I've been working on this stuff all week, and and. and I won't go into great detail uh, on any of these words other than what's really pertinent because I've I've gone through it. And the reason I do that, I'm sure as you do, Mm Dean, is I would like to know if I read something to someone or I tell something to someone that I am totally sure that I've done everything I can do to find his translations to be correct. When I find things that that are troubling to me, and I almost called him Dr. Right. Rock, um, uh, and I knew he, I knew I'd seen it somewhere. I just it took me a while to uh, find it. When mm-hmm. I ran across a uh, few things as we went for all these years, I've been uh, had the uh, privilege of working with him. Is that uh, I want to know that? Uh, yeah, you debate me. Send me your verse. I mean, send me your thing and tell me what you think is wrong, and and we'll go through it. And uh, right, it you know it's uh, so the commentary. <laughs> A uh, long while ago, and let me start again, if I may. Long ago, while the Torah was being revealed, Yahweh agreed with the children of Israel, promising that he would no longer speak directly to them, but instead through men like Moshe. They had found his presence and voice to be intimidating. Remember, he talked that real loud and he scared them to death. Which yeah. is opposite <laughs> of what God had thought. Yeah. And I, I yeah. probably would have. If I'd come out of this place where they came out, I would probably go, oh, and that's okay. And so he I, would try. I thought train... a lot about
2: that because uh uh-huh. you know how Job wrote that Yahweh's voice is similar to thunder, like just the description of the rumbling and hearing this rumbling on this mountain and you've just come out of a very dramatic, you know, Exodus yatza across you know, being chased by Pharaoh and then chased by uh other people picking you off and it's
1: Oh yeah. yeah I'm sure like they were terrified. Oh, and they yeah. didn't
2: know their dad. And uh no, But I'm sure how heartbreaking that was for you. I mean, when you've witnessed all of these events um, at the time, the, the plagues, and you know how powerful this powerful hand is leading you out, and you still you just can't get past the fear, it would be disheartening.
1: Well, you have you have children, and if they were scared of you, that was, uh, you know, it's no place yeah, it's where sad. he says, to fear him unless you're against him. I mean, revere, yeah. yes. I mean, uh, Moshe revered that what she saw up on the mountain that was burning. And yeah. so, but uh, it was, wow. I mean, and, and, yeah, I'd probably be shaking in my boots a little bit, but I, <laughs> it's, not, it's, it's just nervous energy more than anything else, about like it is when I come on this show. I know. <laughs> a lot of love <laughs> Uh But uh, no, I, I would. He's 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 welcome. But I, I get his I get his point. Uh, so continue, yes. and yet knowing that uh, he had to dress them as if they were, uh, if any were to come home for a finite time, God trained the goy, such that he could represent the Almighty in an unpretentious manner. He's talking about here. This is the second yatsa. Uh, this is the second Exodus. We know what happened in the other one, uh, Moshe, and now he's being called out through this guy. They are being called out through this guy, uh, who spends his life translating these, uh, the Torah and the Mitzvah, uh, and the uh, prophets, the Nabi, and uh, so that uh, we can read this and build a relationship with Yah. And um, so this yeah. is what he's referring to. And, he, and then he said, and his prophets would scribe his revelations, and his witnesses would share them, that's what we're doing, such that to hear God speak, we have to pay attention, be observant, and to listen carefully. From that long exception on Chorub, it could be Horeb or Chorub, that's a Chet, he has a ch-, a CH sound or a hard H, little H sound. Chorub, I think it's, when so his happened. voice... Uh huh. Well, I I, I do it, it, but it's it's you know there's um you have that leeway both ways, but um, yeah. But when his his voice boomed at the, at the top of the mountain through through 500 B.C. with Malachi, um, Yahweh communicated with his people through Nabi prophets, and they were always Israelites and Yehudim like Moshe, Dode, and Yashiya. You know, I think he likes to work with people. I think he's. Uh, I think he just the sure. kick out of it. You know, so I hope he does. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can't find any reason that he wouldn't. I mean, the whole point of having a relationship is to work with people. Uh, yeah, I think
2: so, it's work yes. for that. What would be the point of all of this? So why bother? Well, yeah. I mean,
1: otherwise? yeah, he can. He can. If he just want to boss people around, it ain't no big deal. <laughs> you uh, you know, exactly. There's <laughs> nothing. You don't get anything out of it. But, uh, but then his people stopped listening to him, and that's what we just were addressing over there in Hosha. God's voice was drowned out by those men over the next 2,500 years. Yahweh searched the world to find one Yehud among his chosen who would respond, but there was nothing but a definite silence. Not a single Israelite was interested in shunning religion to pursue a relationship with God. If I may throw a little commentary in here just for a second uh do, some, do something uh when you have some time uh write down take a take a uh piece of paper and put a line down the middle look on one side, write down everything yahweh offers like uh free will uh life eternal uh travel <laughs> unlimited travel. Mm. Uh, I haven't been it's on an airplane Not too package. long ago Believe me This time of travel is going to be fine uh, Relationship uh, You have unlimited energy And then write down the right hand So religion and governments Give you And it'll be a short list And a lousy list And I mean come on Examine the offer The five <laughs> terms and conditions And uh, and choose Uh, mm-hmm. uh where were we? However, it would be the first time y'all would move a nation to a single ill-equipped individual. On a similar occasion, and as a prelude to the earlier Yatza exodus, he confronted the most egotistical nation on earth to retrieve his people using a stuttering shepherd. He worked; It worked last time. Why not this time? Although to properly calibrate our expectations on the previous occasions, only two of the 600,000 who God sought to rescue actually made it to the promised land. And that, and mm-hmm. even that, took 40 years. Had to and reset. This time we'll only have thir- had, this time we'd only have 32 years. And while Yali is a far cry from Moshe, the potential audience has grown 34. Pretty remarkable. Wow. Yeah. That is. Well, that's a lot to help for you. Like, um, uh, where where are we uh, where are we sending out today? Is that going to somewhere? Egypt. Wow. we are uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. We've, this we've known. Had
2: some really great responses, so
1: uh-huh. they're hearing us. Yes. Maybe we can address that a little later. Sure. This, uh, this known. The mission is forecast, or whatever you feel comfortable with, uh, uh, until you put it all together. This known the, uh, the mission. Okay, <laughs> this known the mission is forecast to be successful. Those who are willing to listen will be delighted with where the journey together has led. The final harvest may be small, but it will be joyous, and it will be enriching mm-hmm. too, as all that is yours is given to give is lavished upon his children. All that is yours is lavished isn't to give is lavished upon his children. Wow, as we now move forward we find God speaking in a single individual or family being liberated, freed of financial, religious, and political burdens. With that in mind, the last singular masculine reference here to HaGoy, the Gentile, and the family. For the constraints of this burdensome labor, and that which is associated with the staff of religion, religious influence, continually upon his back, especially early on, you have diminished and even eliminated because you dislike these things, along with the scepter of government authority over him. If this is addressing the Goy, the Gentile, rather than Am, the family, while not in his league, the foreigner may well may have been solicited based upon the same criteria Yahweh used to select Moshe, the one who draws out. Moshe, or Moses, knew nothing about Yahweh, not even his name, at least at the time of his calling. Abraham didn't either, by the way. But he had a keen understanding of the political, religious, military, and economic forces at play in Misraim. The depravity of the man's way is readily discernible to those who have rejected such deceptions. While this may seem odd to us, the reason Yahweh prefers to approach uh, prefers this approach is that while he enjoys teaching us everything we need to know about his Torah, his McRae's and his bereth, his family covenant, he prefers not to talk about religion and politics. Now, this is interesting. I wanted to come in on something. Especially me either. <laughs> if it, <laughs> especially if it can be avoided. Such notions are counterproductive and annoying. Now, he, he can't stand to be around it. Yeah. Yawa. You know, he said, you can't come around me with this stuff. He didn't want to engage in it. it, it and, and I thought on this when when I read this. I thought, well, you know, Doe's coming back uh, what, five days between uh, Kippuram and uh, and um, uh, Sukkah. Mm-hmm. So in that five days, he comes back as light. He comes back with as bright as as, as we were expecting to see Yahweh. Uh, Yahweh, right. I don't think, returns then
0: until
1: Sukkah because he can't stand this stuff. Yeah, Dode's
2: going to clean up the yard. Dode's going to clean
1: up. Yeah, it's always very clear that in, in what we've already studied multiple times, he's going to uh, clean it all up. So, isn't it, interesting. He just, I just don't, I can't stand this stuff. So, exactly. think about being religious and trying to approach him. Are you kidding? He can't even stand to be around it to, to clean it up. Go clean that stuff up, and then I'll show up. Yes, I, I could be wrong on that, but that's that's what I'm I'm, I'm getting from it. I mean, it makes
2: sense. Uh, And it's also a point of if we are working with Yahweh together as family, and I know I personally would love to smash some, you know, some religious buildings that have oppressed people I love and dismantle these oppressive establishments that have tormented, man tormenting itself for thousands of years. I mean, imagine Doge's passion and zeal for this task. Uh, I think, you know, little kids, they love to go out with a hammer and smash stuff with dad. So <laughs> yeah. do you can't do be, that? Oh, oh for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm outside they're in they're the project, I give them a piece of wood and a hammer and they're over there just making and destroying stuff and they have a they have a ball. And I think Dode has a reason to be um to do this job on behalf of Yahweh as you know, if you love Yahweh you're gonna be offended for him because of how egregious the crimes against the way they've made Yahweh this monster. This unknowable mm-hmm. creature that is just narcissistic and vile and unlovable completely. And then when you know Yahweh, it's just the complete opposite. It, it makes me angry. I can imagine Dodo is just ready to do this job.
1: No. I no was... Yes, I mean. uh uh-huh. Moving forward a few thousand years and on the cusp of the final exodus, God's predilections, have not changed. Therefore, with this goy in a similar situation, this would also explain why we find God working to diminish his economic burdens as well as to rein and the religious and political influences on him. To be of any value to Yah, God would need to have to save him, to have his undivided attention because there would be a lot for him to learn. Fortunately the information Yahweh wants him to convey was already available. With the distractions out of the way, all he would have to do is to invest the time needed to learn. That said, the story would be would report and the story he would report, rather, would not be about himself nor even about Gentiles, but instead about Yahweh's relationship with the most interesting man in the world, Dode. <laughs> yep. Our assessment brings us face to face with a number of vital questions. Should we follow the shepherd into the fold or the lamb to the slaughter? That's kind of a no brainer isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I I have I, I never have heard, anybody heard anybody say that. Have have you ever I heard have. in your life? Have you? I I have. To, oh, yes. Uh,
2: Christians are uh, obsessed yeah. with following Jesus and bearing. No, no, you I'm know, saying have you never heard anybody cross. put
1: it no. No, have you ever have you ever heard that question? You want to follow the shepherd to, uh, into the fold or the lamb to the slaughter? Oh no. The, no,
2: I've never no. heard anyone
1: ask that. That's that's a but concept. You just lining don't. Up. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, they'll... Who is the son who was given? Who is the man who valiantly defended God's people? Who is speaking for God? Who is the counselor? Is Yahweh drawing our attention to Dode, who is conveniently named in this prophecy? <laughs> <That's> so sad <laughs> 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 to to, miss, to be able to, to miss that. Dode <laughs> is conveniently named in this prophecy, or is it Yosha, who is not? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. From the historical perspective, who at the time Yahshua Yah's writing had been the most prominent person in the life of Israel? David or Jesus? Which individual Clearly. Properly pres- <laughs> 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 which, which individual properly, <laughs> nobody like Uh Nobody's going to be <laughs> like Dode. And, and uh, let's see. We'll get to that in just a second. Properly presented yeah. and accurately cited are Yehudim's most likely to follow out of political and religious Babylon and back into the relationship with Yahweh? Well, it ain't going to be Jesus. And no. Good for them <laughs> if they catch on. Yeah. And the battle of the ideas between the world's most popular religion and the truth. Our perceptions of Dode serve as a fulcrum upon which everything pivots. Central to the debate is whether this prophecy pertains to the Son of God or to the Son of Man, to the Messiah mm-hmm. or the Malek, wa Ra'ah or to the Pesach Aiel, cognizant of the fact that Israel hinges on Yahweh's guidance, might this phraseology about the Goi have been placed in the preamble to Yahweh's single most misunderstood and misappropriated prophecy to help any answer, help us to answer these questions? Addressing this word is, Yah Yahweh provides the means to unravel and misguide mythos of replacement theology. Mm-hmm. the most debilitating and de- duplicious influence on de- de- humankind. Hm- um- By accurately translating this prophecy, for example, we were ultimately able to unravel the lie which lurks in the heart of Christian religion. Mm-hmm. For the first time in over 2,000 years, words and insights which have eluded man's grasp would be acknowledged. and the process, Yahweh would become known to more Yehudim prior to his turn and would have otherwise occurred. So in a small way, this very declaration may be helpful fulfilling as a, an aspect of Yahweh's promise to Abraham. The realization that none of this would require another prophet. And that's the truth. I mean, you know, all the prophets have written it. Just nobody reads it. Nobody, and, and most of right. them speak English. So somebody's got to translate it, and then somebody's got to go back to the original language and find out, yeah, that's right. And that's right. that's the beauty and the fun of doing this. I mean, you will be thrilled with what you find. Some of it's hard, sometimes it you gotta look all night. And then you go, oh, <laughs> oh duh. There it is. Oh yeah. But other it than that, that that's my, my only complaint. Yeah. Uh-huh. It
2: took me a year of just reading this material just to and comparing it to I mean it, it takes more than all night for for some of us. I'm a little slow on the uptick, but uh if you do put in the time you will have the reward
1: mhm it's, it's uh it's really fun. It's backbreaking, it down, but it's really fun <laughs> it really is, there, uh, so back to this I let me reread that The realization that none of this would require another prophet or an additional revelation is especially relevant because it means that the truth has always been been available to God's people, even if it went unnoticed. It means that the goy isn't a prophet, but instead a devoted translator and an, with an inquisitive mind. So let's read on a little bit. And as in the day of Midian, Midian of questionable, which means of questions regarding judgment, every, surely since every boot of, of marching armies is part of the commotion and the clamor of battle, and since the attire is befouled by wallowing in blood, they will come to exist as fuel to be burned up in the fire and at the blazing light of radiant energy. Now, think about what we were just talking about a minute ago. I'm going to read his commentary in just one second. But think about uh, okay. when, ya- when Dode returns, he's going to be confronted with, well, if not Dode on the second part, but in the first part, this could, this could apply to both uh, the Magog War or the last war mm-hmm. in the last uh, three years. Um, But the same same result. There is a burning, blazing, radiant energy light that will show up and destroy the enemies of Israel. For Christians, this misappropriation, misappropriated, forgive me, for Christians to misappropriate this prophecy presented in the next statement, they must disregard the realization that it is Introduced by an overt reference to Midian, Midian, and that is speaks of a loud and bloody army that is incurs- incinerated rather by God. They did not occur in conjunction with Yahushua's birth in 2 BCE, nor in the years prior to 33 CE. It was not trans; it has not transpired at any time in our past. It will not occur prior to Doz's return with Yahweh in 2033, year 6000 Yah. Christians simply ignore this portion of the prophecy because it doesn't fit their guy. And while ignorance may be the path to faith, it does not lead to Yah. According to the text, Thanks. Yahweh's light is going to incinerate every soldier in the world upon his return. Be forewarned, do not enlist, do not participate in, do not equip, do not support any military force because it will put you in opposition to Yahweh. I think this is so timely. We just celebrated July Fourth, and if you walk around my neighborhood, I assume yours. Yeah, the flags are waving, the patriots are there. We throw off some. Uh, everybody's shooting up fireworks, celebrating, mm-hmm. uh, blowing things up. I guess <laughs> in war, and 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 they, I'm, I have their signs on the windows. I'm My son is a marine. My family. I have people in my family who who are in the, uh, in the army. I can't mm-hmm. reach them. They don't care. God yeah, hates armies. God does not support troops. He does not take sides in human conflicts. He is not patriotic or pro-military. Quite the opposite. He is going to obliterate everyone in uniform and everything used to conduct war. In a nation like America, which has a is home to 40% of the Jews worldwide, and where any reluctant to support the armed forces and salute the flag is considered an egregious offense against the country. And they do. Oh, yeah. I didn't grow up with that. Yeah. I didn't grow up with that. Truly, I didn't. Uh, I, I did grow up part of my life in Australia, and we had to sing God Save the Queen, and I just got tired of getting in fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I said, no, 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 <laughs> okay. Uh everything before school started, but no. But Yahweh's overt hostility towards those things is good news. Returning to Midian. Isn't, yeah, isn't good news. Isn't good I'm sorry, it's not good news. Returning to Midian of the twenty four times Din appears in the Hebrew text. Five are in parallel to the, with Shaphat, to decide by being discerning, which is <laughs> to exercise good judgment. It is twice used in the conjunction with the Mishpat and the Midian, somewhat equivalent. Therefore, it is fair to say that Midian Midian, serves as a referendum on the ability to think. Uh, I'm going to throw one little side side note in here, too, for people who are listening that may for the first time be reading this. You need to find an interlunary. I didn't even know what an interlunary was. I knew what a, a... lexicon was but i didn't know what interlinear was and what that is is it has everything lined up and and i'm using a Masoretic text which is about 85 percent accurate and i know what's what's wrong and you'll get that after a while if you if you don't know but you can it'll have it in order the way it's written uh in hebrew but it'll be it'll have a, a number assigned for it so you can click on those or look them up in any of, in most all of your lexicons, and you can decide for yourself whether these are excellent uh, mm-hmm. uh, translations. Oh, uh, yeah, I have like asked Yeah, do you? They're, they're really yeah, I've great. got, I've got two, but the, the ones online are the best only because I can click them here and go here and go there, and then I any words so that I can't find uh, an expanded yeah. uh, 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 group. I can uh, afford, mm-hmm. so I can I can go and say, okay, okay, I hear, I see this, and this is why. And then you look at the context, and you can look at the grammar and things like that. and Before you know it, yeah. it's the only place I've ever been to, uh, D, where the, this this guy, this yada, who is writing this stuff, is telling you wow. how to do what he does. And right. Look at so it. Go true. check it. And, I know James on his site. I mean, for years working with James, all those years and all these years, he would say, "Go look it up. Here it is, and here it is." And he's got yeah. he's got a whole thing on his site about um, uh, more lexicons and more things. We even did a couple of shows together one time about those mm-hmm. things uh, filled in for a while. Whatever. I can't remember exactly, but we covered a lot of that ground as well. So uh, you're you're not out there. You don't have to, you don't have to take it to face value. Go check it out. I like uh, JB's. I was oh, saying
2: yes. I totally you know, Oh, I'm sorry. No. Oh, sorry. I no was problem. just going to reiterate really your point about Craig. Uh, his books—they're not only useful for helping you learn how to translate, but they're repetitive and they're consistent, which is what you need to learn another language. Um, mm-hmm. and, and he does this throughout every volume. Uh, the consistency is is astounding so if you really want to learn how to pick this up just pick up the book and read and it will just start making sense as you go even if you just keep pushing
1: hmm well you know i had a i had a bit of a problem uh at first i i thought i should learn hebrew and i'll be honest with you i i know most, hebrew people words do. And most most people know hebrew words but i can't go down and buy a bread a loaf of bread at a shop in israel because <laughs> i would get all uh, I could pick up some pigeon Hebrew, you know, and do that. Yeah. And here's what turned me, turn, well, here's what turned me off. Um, I knew that they were using vowel points to change the pronunciation. Yeshua is not a word. Yosha is a word. Yeshua is not a word. Uh, even Yahweh is not a good pronunciation. There's no merit for it. There's no right. uh, uh, real explanation for it. Uh, where the hey all of a sudden becomes an e-h instead of an a-h. And one thing you want to try to do is the best of your ability is is, is to, uh, when you say Yahweh's name, that you pronounce it correctly. And, I mean, I'm a Southerner, so he cuts me a little slack because I have a hard time with most English <laughs> words. So,
2: Accent are words. but, you know, even across <laughs> yeah. accents and across languages, a transliterated name will be the uh-huh. same. Yes,
1: yeah. And that's that's true. I mean, uh, you watch TV in the president's name. If it's uh, what, what's that guy's name, Biden, you'll come out da 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 Biden. And you know yeah, they always use like we, they transliterate names, they star. translate words.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. we use titles and, and names across languages. Um, but apparently, God doesn't get that kind of respect around he here. He doesn't. No, 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 not around here. <clears throat> I mean, he
1: well, around here, but he won't anywhere else. Maybe with us but, uh, but not
2: around this, this earth and the yes. religious leaders, you no. know. I, I, I talked to a, a rabbi one time and he told me that he already knew Yahweh's name but that it wasn't for me, that I didn't need to concern myself with it. Um that it wasn't really. For him. Yes. What if yes, you wanted actually, to know him still have the well, he claims that we aren't really meant to know him, that it's just for the Jews and this is what yeah, uh, Craig talked no. about, you know, the rabbi's attitude being very off-putting, uh, and Hello. this is where a lot of hostility towards Jews comes from. And
1: Okay, so not, we're, we're going. I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry to interrupt.
2: Yeah, well, he told me that uh, the the name wasn't my concern and that he already knew it, and um, I, I told him, I was like, then why do you hide it? And he said that, it, you know, out of respect, that whole spiel, and... I told him the only thing men seek throughout history and time is for their name to be preserved in stone. Some of them, and this is how they they've equated it in, in uh, ancient cultures like Rome. If you wanted to be immortal, your name needed to live on. You needed to do something big. Well, Yahweh's done something enormous, but he doesn't get to live forever in the in the minds of men, and they've hidden him in the closet along with Dode and they, they don't see any value in, in keeping his name and legacy alive and I said, Is that you respecting your God? And he couldn't answer my question.
1: No. He probably asked you to go away.
2: Let me ask you a question. Actually because... <laughs> he blocked me.
1: <laughs> Let me ask you a question. It's rhetorical of course, you know the answer. I mean it's the open book okay. test for those of us who read this stuff. Uh was um if that's true it only, it's, it's only there for Yehudim. Um, what do you do with uh, what do you do with Abraham? Was Abraham Yehudim? Was yeah, he even they don't like
2: to talk about those details?
1: <laughs> was was your shock? Was Yeah.
2: Not until Jacob. No. There was no Jacob? such thing.
1: No. Jacob changed his name to Yisrael, but he didn't have any children at that point, so after he had 12 children, one of them becomes Yehuda, and the rest of them became Yisrael. All of them were Yisrael. Yehuda is Yisrael. All Yisrael is not Yehudim. And you got 10 tribes to the north, and, and uh, so uh, they're not allowed to say his name, because every time I read, Moshe said they said it all the time. Anyway. And also, he told Abraham, if anybody among you is a Gentile, and that, that must have come strange to Moshe, I mean to not Moshe, to Abraham, because he was a Gentile, he just walked out of Babylon with his wife, who was also a Babylonian. Um, he said, anyone who is a Gentile that is there with you and wants to agree to the covenant, the five terms and conditions, which are found in the story with Abraham, then they, of course, can be part of the family by adoption. And they ought to know their daddy's name, too. So, I mean, this is this, so, so crazy and convoluted. I just, uh, I want to go just throw my hands up and say, what's wrong with you people? As for the land of Midian, it is first mentioned in Shemuth, Names 2.15. Moshe fled to this place as an act of conscience. He walked away from the leadership position within the dictatorial government which was overwhelmingly religious, aggressively militant and oppressive in its imposition of a caste system. Everything seems to have a caste system. As such, he sojourned to Midian in a symbolic and is symbolic of disassociating ourselves from the same corrosive institutions today. It is a call for God's people to walk away from modern manifestations, modern manifest- manifestations of religious Political and geographic Babylon. Babylon didn't last very long, but it's the symbol of uh, Babylon, which is religion, politics, and military and economic schemes. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, Europe and the United States and to the Middle East walk away from their way of thinking. Had Abraham not left Babylon, God would not have led him to the promised land. Had the children of Israel not left Mishraim, God would not have let them back to Israel by way of Midian. Similarly, the Jews who remain bound to their religion, their political party, or their place within the foreign land will be excluded from the remnants who witness Yahweh's return with King Dood. Therefore, knowing what we are leaving and why is nearly as vital as realizing where we're going. And to appreciate this, it's important to recognize that Mount Korib or Horeb, if you like, is in Midian, the first point of safety after fleeing Mizraim. It is the place where the Torah was revealed and Israel listened directly to Yahweh. It was in Midian that Moshe first came to gather the shepherd and the sheep, gathered, to gather and shepherd the sheep. It is where Yahweh reached out to Moshe and asked him to help liberate his people. There was, isn't that interesting? I mean, listen to the way that is. He asked him to help me liberate these people. That is so cool. What a guy. There is no better place or more fitting preparation for serving Yahweh's children. It, is, it was in Midian that Moshe, a Israelite, ah, was welcomed and supported by a Gentile after he and his Midianite wife gave birth to the first son, Gershwin, Moshe said, I have been a sojourner in a foreign land. Indeed, every Gentile adopted into the covenant comes to realize that this applies to us as well. When Yahweh found Moshe in Midian, he appeared to be an odd choice for the worldly perspective. He had left Egypt, where he lived like royalty. The Hebrew slaves had, he had, had risked everything to save from the oppressive regime rather than show their appreciation for his sacrifice they turned against him it would be a harbinger of the relationship between yahweh and israel nevertheless moshe had shown great courage character and compassion in opposing the religious and political establishment which had been, which had made life so degrading for everyone apart from pharaoh's family and the priest it would be Predictive of what Roman Church would do to Jews and and their own throughout Europe, as the Israelite among Gentiles Moshe witnessed how cruel men could how cruel men become when they are molded by their nation. He had also experienced just how unappreciative and disloyal the Israelites can be, but then he also saw that an individual boy can be moral and welcoming, and while these experiences shaped this individual. He was 80, He was an 80-year-old man with a speech impediment. He, so if I fumbled over my words, I'm in good company. He was out tending <laughs> sheep in a God-forsaken corner of the Arabian desert where an almighty God chose his lone individual to convey his name and word to the world. So by man's... Now, man, let think about that. That contradicts everything. Uh, uh, Rabbi. So by man's standard... Moshe was an odd choice to liberate the children of Israel from religious and political bondage. Nonetheless, the Yatza, the Exodus, from Mithraim actually began in Midian. Subsequently, the people's return to the promised land was made possible by what transpired in this place with the revelation of the Torah. I think that's so cool. He started there, he called yeah. it there, the lightning was, it was burning on the top in the rocks. And he took him there. They came back, and then he delivered the Torah. Wow, cool. Yeah. Also relevant. Cool. Mhm. Also relevant. Gideon delivered the Israelites from Mennonite oppression by following God's direction. Yahweh told Gideon, and I know the Gideon study. Uh, this was a good. Um, I even drew some paintings about Gideon. One that he didn't want the Israelites to attack the Mennonites with thirty-two thousand men. Uh, if you read the story, you know where it's going, but instead with 300. So the people in east sorted them out, and he said, no, just three, 300. That the people would know that their freedom wasn't a byproduct of military might. It would be achieved by relying upon the instruction, and it is a lesson lost on nations, including America and Israel.
0: That's Most especially, right.
1: You ain't kidding. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, they, there would have been none of this confusion to begin with, if they trusted just somebody. Just a few people. It didn't even take the whole nation. Just somebody would stand up and say, this is what Yahweh said. I'm going to kumbaya. I'm going to stand with Yah." Anyway, okay. most especially, it was a Midian that we were first introduced to Yahweh. And so perhaps this was with this reference to this place in advance of the prophets that Yehudah would be reintroduced to the realization their God has a name. Well, that's, that would be different. We're now yeah. in Shemoth, or Names 3.2. Now Moshe was shepherding the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he guided his flock to that which comes after the wilderness and came to Korb, the mountain of God. Then the Malach, messenger of Yahweh, was seen appearing to him in a blazing fire from the midst of a protruding precipice. He looked and beheld a sharp crag, was ablaze and burning, and he was not consumed. That's where I spent all last night for about an hour and a half. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Till I finally said, i got good. I got to get out my big heavy books and, and, and get rid really, of 'cause you go through all this stuff, and it's, and it's uh, everything from a blackberry bush to a thorny bush. And I'm going, get away. <laughs> it's not. It's the great big craggly mountain sharp points and burning and blaze. That would stop you in your tracks. Sorry, I'm interrupting I interrupted myself. Can I tell you or something funny? Sure.
2: Um, a long time ago, I was looking at names, and I looked up Craig Wynn just to be goofy, and his name actually means light shining from a rock. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Uh, I would never, uh, wow. you know, tell him about that, like, you know, make him uncomfortable, but just privately, I find that.
0: Yeah. What well, is correlation? Listen. <laughs> I think you're in trouble now. Yeah, I probably am.
1: Yeah. Anyway. If you don't if you get to know um uh, Greg, you will find one wonderful thing about him. He's he's one of the nicest, most generous people I've met. He is he is genuine. Uh yeah. Okay. Moshe said I would prefer to go in a different direction. I can relate to this, changing my approach (laughs) because I want to inspect and understand this empowerment enormously important site, contemplating the the incombustible nature of a sharp, craggly rock. Okay, that was kind of like, I would would probably be saying I want to change my direction and get away. (laughs) (laughs) When Yahweh saw that he had turned to inspect what he had seen, God called him out, offering him a welcoming invitation to meet from the midst of the sharp, croggy rock, saying, Moshe, Moshe. So he said, Behold, it's me. Then he said, Do not come near this place. If you wouldn't mind, detach your sandals. You know, he's polite. That was polite. He, mm-hmm. he does that yeah. a lot of times. He says, Please, of your own volition. And he does everything. Come on, Moshe, let's go. Let's go to Egypt. You know, he really, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but it really is written that way. If you don't mind, detach your sandals from upon your feet because, indeed, this site which you are presently standing upon is set apart, Kodesh, once again, Kodesh, and very special ground. Then he said, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Yishak, the God of Yaakov. However, Moshe concealed his presence because he was too awestruck to look at God. So he's getting a little nervous. Yahweh said... I have seen the affliction and harassment of my people who are in the crucible of political and religious oppression in Mitriam, Egypt. I have heard this distressing cry as a result of those who are exploiting and oppressing them. Indeed, I am aware of their suffering. Therefore, I have descended coming down from this much higher place to deliver them from the influences of subjugating tyrants in Mitriam and to lift them up out of their country, taking them to a good and pleasing, beneficial, and spacious realm, to the land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of Canaan Um in his name that is written with the pictographs, Yahweh's name. It is a hey. I mean, it is a Yah reaching down. It's so drawn is a hand reaching down with an open hand to grasp, to lift, to hold. It's much like the side view of you when you put your hands and your thumb up and you would lift under your child's arms to lift them up. Mm-hmm. That's followed by a hay. In this case, because of where it's placed in the Word, the hay is drawn as a pretty much a stick figure with the legs apart and the hands reaching up, <clears throat> as is to say, uh, in awe of this wonderful sight. And in gaze, the hands and the legs are moving there is a wa in the middle of it, which is depicted as a tent peg. It looks much like we use the letter Y. And that would be a child, the increase of a family is the children. And that was the y wa of the two hands reaching up to the mother and to the father. We know it's a mother because the he that goes in the end is ya he, he The he that goes in the end is drawn exactly the same, but the placement on the end of a word turns that word into feminine. Yahweh's name is feminine. Torah is feminine. But the hey down at the end, he has both of these parts. He is both mother and father and has all the attributes in spiritual form. But 25% of his name is dedicated to his name, his Yah, the the Y, and the other is dedicated to family. Three-quarters of his name is about the family. That should be a clue to somebody yeah and he's reaching down to lift you up that's what he wanted to do in this realm. and if you didn't know his name and you're not allowed to say his name you're not allowed to write his name and you had to discard the original way that it was written what a shame so behold the wailing cry of despair from the children of israel has come to me and shall we talking i have seen the starvation rations and the oppressive conditions with which the political and religious despots of mystery are imprisoning them as a result Let's go because I want to extend myself through you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people to the children of Israel out of this highly questionable affliction and oppression of Mitzrayim. I'm sorry, our reinforcement, our reintroduction to Yahweh through Midian is relevant because it demonstrates how desirous God is to remove his people from the caustic and controlling and degrading and incapacitating influence of human governance and institutionalized religion. It's always, stop being religious. Right. Stop being political. You can't walk to me until you get rid of that. The first term and condition of the five terms and condition of being a member of the covenant is to walk away from Babylon, the symbol of all these things. And I know it's hard. I know it's hard for people, but it, we, it's hard we because we've been
2: indoctrinated off. that way. But mm-hmm. when you've done it, you realize I didn't really lose anything.
1: So it's freeing. It's absolutely yeah. freeing. It sets free it, it's that you free. It's quite burdensome. Well, religion, uh, regular. I think regular. That's the the root for uh, or the word in Latin for religion is is to be bound yeah really uh, yeah yeah that's it to be bound so um uh, so uh everything is about it is, is you bow down you bow down to a lord they have to have they have to change his name to lord because uh he doesn't ask you to bow down he doesn't ask <laughs> you to uh respect he actually respect him he does but uh your fellow human beings the Lord, the Louis cohen had a wonderful job to do and they're right teachers and you respect your teacher but you never ask them to bow down to them or kiss their ring or any of this kind of stuff that religion does. They they ask you to do very specific things and you always have free will. That's not true of religion and politics. Right. I'm going to go back. Our reintroduction to Yahweh through Midian is relevant because it demonstrates how desirous God is to remove his people from this caustic and controlling and degrading incapacitating influence. Of human governance and institutional religion, as well as the stratified and oppressive nature of the caste system and slavery. Further, God's approach is so contrary to what men would do; He didn't deploy an army, He didn't dispatch a navy, He didn't send in a vast array of heavenly envoys, He didn't deploy diplomats to negotiate a treaty, He didn't impose economic <laughs> sanctions that are really going to buy, that are really by <laughs> firing on us in context of today's or uh, we'll offer I'll cover that one day maybe in a few weeks if you want to you to talk about that or we'll yeah. offer monetary incentives to those who knew who he knew coveted them. He didn't even engage in pi and imposing or articulate charismatic influence and in a prestigious individual, but instead solicited the help of a senior citizen, I'm a senior citizen. <laughs> <laughs> With, so I like him already. Whether a scandalous <laughs> reputation to liberate his children from Do you religious have a and governmental
2: influence, I must
1: say. Uh, well, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to. I
2: have a
1: rep, okay. I have a reputation uh, to liberate his children from religion and governmental influence in the most powerful nation on earth. There, that is. There is God's way and man's approach, and seldom do they share anything in common. And that is why Yahweh calls this place set apart and special. It is the uncommon place. It is the uncommon God. It's the uncommon relationship. It is nothing like what we're here today and what we've experienced over all these, these years. In light of this, why would we expect God to change tactics at this late date? Can I just ask you this? I was thinking about the same thing um, in, in, the, in the first um, first verse that I read uh, from uh, from the Yobel chapter, uh, where Moshe says, "This is this is the deal." Uh, and everything we've read from every prophet says the same thing, like good teachers from different angles, so that you'll dent it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yahweh presents, does everything he can. He is the great teacher the Torah is teaching, by the way. Uh, if, uh, if the audience doesn't, if some of the people in the audience don't know that, most of the people listening do, but it comes mm-hmm. from the root word. It's all Hebrew words are understood through their, by way of their, um, uh, verbal, the nouns by way of their verbal. Uh, connection, so it tells you the action of that verb tells you about the name. Right. what huh. So, in Yara is the word which means teaching, and Torah is related to the verb. You always understood through that. So, if it's understood through that, then you probably ought to think of it not as law because there are no laws to be obeyed. There's no obey because then you would have no free will. That's a total right. logical uh, um, concept. You cannot have both. And so there's not even more there's not even a word for you uh for uh obey Yep.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, you know unless you borrow it from another language so um but in any case uh, where we're in the light of this, they would not expect God to change his tactics and and um the same thing would be why would there be a new testament why would be why would someone except rabbis where there are no such thing as rabbis uh, in, mm-hmm. in the Torah. They're right. priests and they're Louis and, Louis and Cohen. We know the history of them. Why would you have to invent new words? We're not inventing new words here. We're just explaining the ones no. that have already been written. Uh, yep. We turn to this section of Shemuth names because we are searching to understand Midian Midian refer, reference in Yahshua 9.5, did we expect it would, it would shed some interesting light on how God goes about choosing those who serve, who serve his children. So here we go. But Moshe said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and come out with the children of Israel, bringing them out of the religious and political oppression of Mitzrayim? So he said, because I will be with you, this is the sign and the proof right. that I have sent you, by you having brought out the out the family from entering on the crucible of affliction and oppression. You will work with God upon this mountain. Well, if they're going to leave the mountain and go there, he "That's a promise right there." We're going to come back here and we're going to teach them here, and that's yeah. where the, that's where the Torah was delivered. That's where all this knowledge was delivered. So, right, uh, so um and he wants to work with people. What's the fun of it? I mean, if not, and that mountain where the Torah was revealed in Midian, it is a place where Jewish judgment comes into question. Anytime there's an M in front of the word, a mim. it means the question ask what, where, when, why, how, why, you know, what, when, where. yes. Yahweh obviously wanted to work with someone who knew, who knew the Egyptians and who understood and was opposed to the, their politics, their religion, their military, and economic system. Having experienced, experienced these things and having left them because he dislikes them made Moshe effective while sparing God the ordeal of having to explain why he was so opposed to that which had subjugated and abused his people as Roman Catholics and Muslims have done and now progressives are doing, as I suspect that is that it humors the Almighty to communicate his name and word to an individual with questionable diction. <laughs> Good. That's a little <laughs> funny. Yeah.
0: I got to laugh at That's that. It,
1: yeah. Yeah, it was funny. And, he and, is. and Craig, quite frankly, uh, he's, he's become one. I mean, he was good right to begin with. He's really good. Now, he throws some things in there. If you look, I, I just, in the middle of the night, I started laughing. I just go, that's funny. Like the tweets the other day. And it made yeah. you know what the word is? It's, but long before there was Twitter, the word translated Twitter.
2: I, I heard him. That's just ironic. It's, and then they so, it so terribly. And then there's Craig on Twitter with his books.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, having left really cool. now we're back to Yeah. Having left corporate management, religion, patriotism and politics, I can picture myself this is Craig talking in his commentary in Moshe's shadow. Without God having to explain. I understand Yahweh's aversion to these things. His position resonates with uh, me, Craig. And I am sure that it did with Moshe. And while I Craig wasn't afforded the opportunity to climb the desolate crags of Cherub. There wasn't any reason to do so. Not now that we have found that we find Yahweh ready and willing to talk to us through the words in the Torah, which were revealed upon the mountain. And while it was an individual calling, Moshe would not work alone. Aaron would join him, as would others. In my case, it was Joe, then Jeff, James. Now Jackie, David, oh what's his name, Kirk, Mike, <laughs> Molly, J.K. and the other oh always wonderful D. and so many others. <laughs> This is it's quite, weird
2: to see my name there. I hadn't read I that
1: know. I, I never expect to be in this book, but hey. Thank me you. Off guard. Thanks, thanks for the shout out. Now 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 I've got yeah, to be. I good. mean
2: imagine being Craig and having to write about yourself all the time. you has gotta throw us in yeah,
1: the bus. I know threw, I think you threw <laughs> us into the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Ha
2: <Ha-ha. laughs> oh, uh, ha It funny. is
1: it is an honor to participate in whatever we can do. I'm sure we all feel the same. Oh, this yeah, is why I we think find you get this out is hmm. It's a well, I, I wouldn't you know, want to, i don't want to go meet him and say, you know, you could have done something <laughs> I tell you, I could have—you know—if I had children, I tell them, I tell all my relatives, and they just say, "No, you know, I like Jesus." I'm going, okay, <laughs> <as> well. <laughs> you know, I I'm not laughing. It's a nervous laughter. It's not—I'm not laughing at him. I—I grew up uh, around Christians all my life, participating in it because I didn't know any better. I couldn't find anything better. Uh, I'm and, not as and nice as you.
2: I, I find it laughable because they don't know Jesus. Uh, They've never met him. No, he they, they, he, they, they don't know this myth
1: that, that is Jesus. Yeah, yeah There was a Passover that's... lamb. Yeah, Right. His name was yosha He came and it was inside his body. There was a soul, and that soul belonged to Yahweh. It was created for that moment uh, to do okay. that thing. And because it conveyed the information... Yahweh could feel it while being in the seventh dimension. He could feel what was going on to this body and to this soul and the third dimension. Uh, There's science backing all this kind of stuff up, so you get an idea that this is the way it has to work. Um, And that's in in many of the books. Um, So he had to he had to feel it, and he had to know it. But he didn't need a soul to be more of himself. He didn't need a soul to be less anyone if he doesn't have a soul it wouldn't make him any lesser having a soul doesn't make him any more it is and i think this was the best thing that helped me because i fought trying to figure this out for a long time uh mm-hmm. it is it is a, a probe like out in space and i and that makes the most sense to me he could feel it yeah and we have evidence that he not only felt it and everything it was articulated to someone and his name is dode and he wrote it in the 22nd psalm and he wrote it, I think, yeah. in the 88th Psalm as well. So all those things, that is the only, by the way, for the Christian community, that is the only way or the only time, the only witness in history who actually could record the events. The so-called right. apostles and his followers weren't there. Right. We have no record of them being there, and they certainly didn't write down what it was happening. But Doe did, right. and that's in the year, th- about the year 3000. Then, let's see, where where were we, 313? Then uh, Moshe? Wait. Uh-huh. Yep. Right. I'll start, I'll start. It's just, a little, it's just a little bit. I'll start these three things because I interrupted myself so much. <laughs> <laughs> then Moshe, the one who draws us away from human oppression, said to God, now look, okay, he said, if I go to the children of Israel, and this is really good. Uh, if I go to the children of Israel and I say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? <laughs> What's the, <laughs> the greatest prophet of all time. The greatest prophet of all time. And he, say, Yo, what? he says, God, what is it? Because he do not know his name yet. What, is it? what I say your name is? What shall I say to him? And God responds to Moshe. He says, I am. Ehaya. <laughs> Who I am. I exist all time that's a mm-hmm. permanent word it's, it's not caught in there no verbs stuck in time then he said which mm-hmm. is part of the same letters in his name then he said three of them then he said this is what you shall say to the children of israel i exist the i exist has sent me in addition now in addition right after that he said in addition god said to Moshe, this is what you should actually and continually say to the children of israel yahweh the god of your fathers God of Abraham, God of Yishak, God of and sent me to you. This is my name forever throughout all time. That's going to be Olam. And this is my way of being known and remembered in every place, era, and generation. For all time is Olam. He said, this is my name forever. HaYa is the verb that explains the noun Yahweh. Everything mm-hmm. works the same way. This is Yahweh. Now, why would you tell him to answer that question if he didn't want him to know the name? And, and, and right. if you can't pronounce it, the stupidity of somebody trying to say you can't pronounce it, then you can't pronounce a whole bunch of other words, much less Torah, Shalom, etc., etc. Moshe's mission. Moshe's mission would include introducing Yahweh by name to his people, liberating the children of Israel from the religious. Political oppression, listening to God, and then sharing what he has learned verbally and in writing. Our mission today is to reinforce Yahweh to his people, to encourage the Israelites to flee religion and political influences, and then after translating what God conveys to his prophets, sharing what we have learned verbally and in writing. Our work together has led us to the precipice of what Yahshua is about to reveal, to the same mountain and then to the promised land. We have learned that there is someone who is more important to our well-being and to our approach to God than Moshe or Yosha. The most relevant insight of this relationship comes from Yahweh's beloved son, his Messiah, his Messiah and his king, the prophet who shepherded and defended God's people, a Yehudim who was chosen to write the songs which we will be sung in heaven. For the past 2,000 years, the world has been wrong about Yashua 9, 6, and 7. Even though it is among the most quoted of all prophecies, it is not predictive of Yosha, errantly called Jesus Christ, by Christians, but descriptive of Dode, more commonly known to the king as King David. Based on what is said about him, these implications could not be greater. Rather than follow Jesus, the world ought to have been listening to Dode. Rather than Mm -hmm. predict the birth of God, rather than justifying Christmas, rather than describe Jesus, rather than validate the Christian religion, Yahshua 9, 6 through 7 obliterates everything Christians have been beguiled into believing. Quite honestly, it's obvious. Now, we will probably go off, off, not to the people listening, we'll go off for about five minutes, but we're coming down to the end here. So I'm going to try to finish this so he can start out fresh uh, next week. So quite honestly, it's obvious we can learn far more from Doe than Yosha because number one. And this has always been Yahweh's intent. It is why we possess so much of of what Doe wrote, all in the original language, all marvelously preserved, all easily verified. There is more psalm scrolls found in the caves of the Dead Sea than any other. And yet with Yosha, we have almost nothing in Hebrew, the only language he spoke. And what little we do have is hearsay coming to us by, a trans, by, by way of translation so carefully compromised and conveys that very little is credible. That is not by accident. The prophecy affirms that Dod was the most brilliant, articulate, and insightful man who ever lived. And as the Son of God, the, Nasiak, the Messiah, the King, he will be returning with Yahweh to shepherd the flock throughout space and time. Simply stated, Yahshua 9, 6 through 7 pertains to Dod and not Josiah. And so mm-hmm. many have have been led to believe and yet these men's lives are intertwined in many ways without what one without what one wrote what the other did is unknown. Yahshua inspired revelations fundamentally changed the world's errant perceptions of Jesus Christ. such that Josiah is no longer viewed as the son of God as the Messiah or as the king or as our savior. God was not born. He did not die. And there will be no second coming of Christ. Yahushua was the one Christian ignored, one that Christians ignored, the Aiel, thereby opening the doorway to life. My hope is that Yehudim come to recognize him as such. Before we rejoin the prophecy, there are some things that we ought to understand. Yahshua, Isaiah 9, 6, 9, 7, telescope time in traditional Hebrew fashion, presenting what? has been and will occur. It depicts play over a period of 3,000 years and since the past, present, and future seen as one. Integrate the whole of God's perspective. And 9.6 and 9.7 should never have been broken apart and presented the two distinct thoughts. Therefore, the translator must choose the tense which most accurately reflects the time frames and being discussed in the transition of Hebrew to English. In this regard we must pay especially close attention to the conjugation which speaks of things which are completed during a period of time and opening and continuous. Now that may sound a little bit heavy, but it's, it's once again uh Yada, Craig, going through the stuff to introduce you to what uh but I'm going to read because of time. I guess we have enough time, don't we? Does it what time when it's does it begin? We okay?
2: Typically thirty, okay. I think.
1: Okay. Okay. So, uh, I think I've lost my place. Where was I?
2: Oh, we just we just ended Move on. What's
1: the next What's the <laughs> next line? For, for indeed, a child. Yeah. yeah.
2: Open-ended and continuous. Also, adjectives follow nouns.
1: Oh, his Father announced Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, and and, and I'll, I'll I'll do that very very quickly because this is it's just a difference in the language. Uh, you say Ruach Kodesh, which is in the Hebrew, is the Spirit set apart. But in English, we have to say the set apart Spirit, uh, and then things of that wonderful Counselor instead of, uh, 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 is similar, but a valiant heroic Defender of God, not Almighty God. So this is where they they changed everything by just reverting mm-hmm. back to they're using English, by they're changing it from the Hebrew and not being faithful to the Hebrew. In addition, mm-hmm. Shem is more than a name. It is that it is also conveys an individual renowned reputation. And as you addressed a little earlier, I, sh- it's, I, shall, I share this because there's only one actual name among the seven heroes, historic. And seven prophetic portrayals of the individual's nature and value, and that is doed. Therefore, what follows is profoundly different. And last night I went through all of these things, and you can too, and you'll find wow, that's where they screwed up, and he's totally justified in in doing it this way. Yes, I've done. Therefore, what follows is profoundly different and yet more accurate presentation of Yashiyah nine six and nine seven than any you have seen before. The opening stanza must be more memorable. May be the most memorable ever spoken. Here we go. For indeed, a child was born before us; a son was provided and placed concerning us. The opportunity to learn that what can be known about how to engage and endure, in addition, in addition to the government, was and will be on his shoulder. His reputation and renown has been read and recited as a counselor providing valuable advice, who is astonishingly brilliant and amazingly insightful, a valiant and heroic individual with a prominent military and political standing in the community, of God and, a, and an eternal witness providing enduring testimony for the Father, the leader who conveys the authorized position on reconciliation and restoration leading to salvation, tremendously increasing the ability to learn about and respond to the means to engage and endure, to be liberated and empowered As a result of this approach, reconciliation and restoration, complete satisfaction and total contentment without end, will be without end upon the throne of Dode, as well as upon his kingdom through his considered advice and counsel, so as to be prepared and established by it and to be restored and sustained by it with the means to exercise good judgment and justify, re, justly resolve disputes, Shifat, by being right from then to now and forevermore. This deep devotion and passion of Yahweh, of the vast array of spiritual influence to Saba, Saba have consistently engaged to make this happen. At this time of this writing, circa 700 BCE, the Declaration of Child was born before us, would naturally have pertained to Dode, but not Yosha. The child was not, only, was not only conceived and born in the normal fashion, in the perfect conjugation, this life could not have been eternal. And we considered the statement the Son was provided concerning us. We should turn our attention to the one man of whom Yahweh stated, He is my son, I am his father. Of course, that's Dode. Yahweh placed the governess <laughs> of Israel. On those shoulders. He made him the king. He chose him to shepherd his people. I always call him the shepherd king. Anointed him Masayach to demonstrate his authorization. He did it, he he did it three times, and then appointed him Malek, king. Further, in this case, the verb Haya was scribed in the imperfect, indicating that what had been done would be secure throughout time. It goes on and on and on. The imperfect is an ongoing situation. Dode is not only the most obvious and most qualified individual, he is the only man who will be king. This also disqualifies Yosha from consideration. Those yes. who have read the metaphor mm-hmm. know the counselor providing valuable advice, who is astonishingly brilliant, amazingly insightful. This is the shepherd's role and not the lambs. When he comes yep. to providing brilliant advice, <laughs> thought-provoking guidance, and valuable insight. Dode is in a class class by himself. Yep. If we had had an extant text written by Yosha in Hebrew, carefully, copiously preserving as we do with Dode, then both men might qualify, but we don't have a single word written by Yosha. While in comparison, there's more parchments devoted to Moore's Psalms preserved among the Dead Sea Scrolls than anything else by God. Gabor, let me see how far this is down. I'm going to skip just a little bit down because of time. Um, and the commentary is, is, he'll go on to explain, he'll go on to explain that uh, about uh, human history, the leader of the authority that was Dode. he will go on to say it's hard to miss the connection between Dode and Shalom because his son is the last king to rule over a unified Israel, Shaloman. His son, but after that it all fell apart and has never been put back together. By serving the Passover lamb, Yosha opened the door to life, but unlike Dode, he did not explain how we should respond to the gift. Those who listen to the response of Dode's song are shalom, reconciled and satisfied. If you want the answers, read the Torah, read the prophets, read Dode. Yeah. prophetic betrayal concludes with Yahweh acknowledging that he has a personal he has personally and consistently gained throughout time to make this happen. Because his kina, deep devotion and passion, his strong desire to accomplish something special as a result of his love for Dode, the beloved, that's what Dode means, considered that it was Yah's kina, fervor for, exclusively, for exclusivity and ardent love, which lies at the heart of his relationship with his son. When Christians transferred this promise to Jesus Christ, it had, uh, had to make his father, who loved his son, angry. May I ask anyone still lost in religion, if this was about baby Jesus, why did, Yoh, did Yahweh dispatch this statement to Israel, to the very people that Christian Jesus allegedly rejected? If we are to believe that this was about Christianity, why was the gift allotted to Jews? Yahweh said, this is nine eight, Yahweh dispatched the word unto Jacob, Israel, and so it had been allotted to Israel. That's what Jacob changed his name to. The individuals who engage and endure with God from Yesh El. This prophecy is a love story. It's a genuine treasure, and yet for thousands of years it has not been used to validate a. It has been used to validate a hateful religion while well, besmirching the loving relationship wa Yahweh had intended. Yes. That is, if you would like to read it in person, it's in, in chapter 11, called Nathan, the gift upon his shoulders. Um, it is remarkable translations. Um, and, and this is uh, the Shana years mm-hmm. of the Yahweh yes, series. Yes, exactly. Okay. And... Uh, I love the site. I love the site. I mean, you can go there now, and I can read all this stuff, and uh, and there it is. You've got the, all the moses, and that's where I found the, on the number two. The second chapter was Yobel, and that's where the first statement was. That was so uh, fascinating to me. Yes, the message. The message is for Yisrael. The message is for people who want to become Yisrael. It is a. It is to tell the Yehudim. Um, for the second exodus, the Yatsa, come home, walk away from politics, religion, uh, and the military and the things that are so common in Kodesh. They have five terms and conditions, and they're not hard, and they're all beneficial. Well, Dee, that's about all yep. I
2: got. All right. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to come on tonight. And... Uh, Thank
1: I do you hope Craig feels better next week. Yes, we we, we all do. Please believe, believe yeah, me. COVID
2: please. is no fun.
1: No, I, uh, no yeah. Fun. And, uh, and I will continue my role. is over there in the corner and say something every once in a while. it be fun. I get to listen. But uh, thank you all for putting <laughs> up with me. And uh, thank you, Dee, once again. Okay. And thank you, Yada, for trusting me and uh, doing this. Thank you, Craig. And, and uh, I wish you all a uh, uh, happy Shabbat and uh, shalom. Happy to
2: back Kirk. Good night. Thank you. Night. Bye. 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 not even the main factor of what his medicine habit looks like. <laughs> I don't know, if he loves to cover everything, he can but see, like, I think, I, I think he's worse about going to the doctor than I might be. Oh, I love Marks on Life,